But if you know the cause, then you know the cure. And an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So if we can even prevent by looking at these areas, then we, if we invest in these, then we can prevent future issues in maybe us, but also our children. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Barrett. I'm a board certified chiropractic physician with a passion and emphasis in functional nutrition. We can't wait to add value to your health as well as the health of your family. Thanks for listening in to the Real Health Podcast. Hey, before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor. If you like this episode and you like hearing from Dr. B, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Instagram. We're really trying to get this health movement out. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Real Health Podcast with Dr. B. This is your host, Lane, and today's episode, I believe, is going to be a good one. I believe that it's going to give some clarity with individuals as we continue our hormone series. We hope that you've enjoyed the first episode, the second episode, and today we're going to really focus on brain hormones. We landed on episode 21. Dr. B, what's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm... uh. The fall time is approaching here, which means football season, which also means... Go Gators! It's debatable. You realize that we're almost coming up on the one-year anniversary of the show. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. So that's exciting. We'll have to do something fun for that. Yeah, we're pretty much at uh, about 1,000 downloads a month then. I know. That's cool. I know. That's exciting. And we thank you for listening to this and sharing this with your friends. Um, It really means everything, and we really appreciate that. So we hope that this is adding value to the people that are listening to that. So with that, we're going to enter into an episode today Dr. Barrett wants to talk about. It says, why am I anxious? And we're going to talk about anxiety. We're going to talk today. This is going to be a two-part series. This is going to be a quicker episode, so you can um, break this into two parts. So the first one is going to be why the cause of anxiety, why am I anxious? And then the next episode, we'll dive into you know some of the what and helping get over that um, anxiety. Before we jump in to that episode, um, we want to ask Dr. Beard a little biohack of the week, but since we're talking about anxiety and stress and brain hormones, the biohack of the week is, Dr. Barrett, what do you do when maybe you have those anxious feelings, anxiety, or stress in your life? Uh, well, I mean, knee-jerk reaction is um, I immediately go to prayer, because usually if I'm anxious, it's because I'm trying to control my life. Mm. So um, I immediately just hit my knees and make sure my time with the Lord is right and on point. And so I'm just asking Him for His peace that surpasses all human understanding. So rest upon us and guard us in all our ways. Do, anxious, be, do not be anxious. Nothing but by prayer and supplication mm-hmm. make our requests known to Him, and the peace will fall upon us, right? So usually I'm just trying to control my life. And so the first thing I go to immediately is prayer and petitioning for the Lord um, reading his word, let it wash over my heart, let it wash over my mind, and just cleanse me from my need to control my mm-hmm. outcomes, my life. Um, there's a difference in investing and controlling, mm-hmm. and so we don't want to be passive in the things that we do, um, but we also want to control it um, to the point where you're anxious about it when it's not matching up to what your expectations are. Mm. So I think the episode is done for the day. Thank you. We will see you next time. <laughs> No, that was good. Thanks, man. And then a health like biohack would be um, I take a lot of adrenal adaptogenic herbs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like 
ashwagandha, rhodiola, um, ginsengs, shisanja berries, just kind of a complex mixture of adaptogens. I know you take those. Um, so that really helps tonify my nervous system, gets me out of that fight or flight stage. Yeah, it's so good. And we'll probably talk about that maybe on the next episode. Mm-hmm. We will. But today we really want to focus on why is someone anxious? Mm-hmm. Why are you anxious? And really this continues our brain or a hormone series, and this is going to focus on the brain. So where do you want to start? What's the most important thing? Maybe when you have a patient come in and you think that they're experiencing that or they express that they're experiencing that, mm-hmm. what's some of the things that you want to touch on today or speak to? So there's five areas that I was thinking about for this episode, five areas that can influence my um, what causes anxiety. And um, so we can speak to those five areas, and those are environmental, genetic, stress, nutrition, and spiritual reasons. Spiritual. And you can say mind, mind, spirit, emotion. And I think the, the, um, the quick thing to, to mention here, and this is, this is, so we're going to start with a myth. Okay. Um, the myth is that in the medical society, they push your anxiety is caused by a lack of a chemical in the brain. So if we give you that chemical, then it'll fix your anxiety. Okay. This is the chemical is a pill port a pill. Mm -hmm. It could be a, um, like an SSRI, like a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to push more serotonin to the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of names for anti-anxiety medication, but Mm -hmm. it's based off of a chemical imbalance theory, but it's a theory. It's, it, it, ha- it hasn't been proven. And so it, it's as simple as, Hey, if I give you a ton of serotonin, you're going to feel better, but, but is your anxiety due to a lack of serotonin or a deficient serotonin level, or are you even deficient? We're not tapping spinal cord fluid to actually test chemical levels of serotonin and dopamine and GABA. And unfortunately, what we're doing is putting people on prescriptions that make them momentarily feel better. Mm-hmm. If you flood the brain with a bunch of serotonin and GABA, which is a break to the brain, it, yeah, you're typically going to feel a little better, but then you're going to have increased suicidal thoughts, increased homicidal thoughts. You're going you're gonna to usually increase your need for that medication. The mm-hmm. medication is going to start to wane. You're going to have a receptor uh, decrease in receptors. Um, that the serotonin binds to, therefore needing an increase in the medication or even adding another medication because mm-hmm. now we have depression because the root issue was never resolved. And why is that happening, this, though? Why, because the, they don't have a solution. Um, but no, but why, why is, if someone takes those medications, why do, they all, why do they have fear? Why do they have anxiety? Like, Is that just a chemical imbalances? Is that what you're saying? Well, you, okay, so you're, you're, you're driving... Um, you're flooding the brain with mm-hmm. something that just doesn't exist in nature. Like if you uh, eat, okay. if you eat an herb, mm-hmm. will it influence serotonin in the gut that will release maybe a little bit more to the brain? Potentially. Okay. Um, or GABA, for instance, GABA is such a big molecule. It actually can't get across the blood brain barrier, mm. but yet because people's blood brain barriers are so broken down and they give them a bunch of GABA and they feel like, you flood the brain with a bunch of GABA, you're going to chill out. 
but the brain wasn't made to take these huge onslaughts of of serotonin or or GABA. It would be it'd be like smoking pot. It's just su- such a a huge load of THC mm. that it throws your entire brain into a, a state of disarray and stress. Wow! And then therefore you'll have you'll have symptoms that then um, come from a byproduct of taking that particular dose of whatever it is. Okay. So it's, um, you, you can't control the downstream effects of these medications, but we try by adding another medication or increase the dose of medication or changing medication. And it becomes a vicious cycle people can't get out of. And why it's, it's why people are on these medications for 20, 30 years. Uh, and you know, it's something that I'm passionate about because it's how my mom committed suicide mm-hmm. after years of anti-anxiety, antidepressant medications that doctors kept putting her on. And, uh, and then, you know, sleep issues, hormone imbalances, so more medication, mm. um, sleep medication, uh, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication, and then committed suicide. And so we see this every day. Mm. Uh, it's what we do to our military. When they come back from, from P, uh, severe PTSD, we just flood them with medication, and then they end up committing suicide. Um, or you look at these athletes that have uh, concussions. And they have an, a, a, an inflamed brain that starts to degenerate. And, oh, they're just anxious or depressed. Here's a medication. No, we got to heal their brain. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? They end up committing suicide. It's why if you look at school shootings, they're so, they're so prevalent. And most of those kids are on some type of anti-anxiety, antidepressant. Um, it's a big problem. Yeah. And uh, honestly, doctors are to blame. It's, they are pushing a false science, and it's a theory. It doesn't, it, it's not proven to be at all effective. So, and I, w- I think I was, I forgot who I was talking to or I was having a conversation with, and it's just, it seems as if the teachings in that world aren't updating or they're, they just, they just think that the pills are the ones that can fix the problems. And it just doesn't seem like the, the data or the teachings haven't updated since forever how long it's been it's true it is yeah we're constantly pushing old data yeah uh okay let me speak to this real quick before we get into these five um i'm a christian i shouldn't be anxious Mm. that's a lack of faith okay that's what we hear in the church too is that helping the person no right but it's what we see like oh you you pastor shouldn't be depressed Okay, well, maybe he is because there's thousands of people that look to him or her and they are drawing from their energy. They're, he's pouring out, yeah. he's stressed, probably not eating well, nutritionally jacked up. So, yeah, he's going to be depressed. That's a depressed brain right there. Wow. Okay, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, why is, why, is, why is this Christian anxious or depressed? And, uh, and then it's, it's this whole idea, hey, do I not have faith? Lord, where are you? Yeah. Why, why don't you heal me? So let me, let me help heal you, in a sense. Let me help you heal yourself by providing the causes today, and then next episode we'll get into the solutions. But if you know the cause, then you know the cure. And an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So if we can even prevent by looking at these areas— then we, if we invest in these, then we can prevent future issues in maybe us, but also our children. Say that again. 
An ounce. Say that one. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. That's good. Yeah. yeah I didn't really make good. that up. So don't, don't, don't quote me on that. That was Hippocrates. I think it was Hippocrates. I think it's I've heard it before. I didn't know who, I wasn't going to pretend like I knew who said that. So, yeah. I mean, we just label Hippocrates with everything, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, he did that. Look to the spine of the cause of disease as well. Actually that was Edison, but you ready to dive into let's this? Let's do five of the areas that influence You said environment. Yeah. Let's go with that one first. Okay. Environmental. Yep. Two, two big issues here, infections and toxins. There's a boy in the office, young teenager, 13, 14 years old, anxiety out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. We did some work with him, calmed it down, came back uh, a year later. I said, I said, Hey, I think we need to look at the brain for infections and um, pulled, pulled some panels and he had a strep infection. Okay. That went to the brain wow. that caused, uh, right, the, an infl- inflammatory response that drove his anxiety. OCD, ticks, all of that is driven through uh, strep infections. Um, so we look at a lot of symptoms that are anxiety, OCD, ticks, and we can look at infections, mm-hmm. bacterial infections, viral infections, as being a root cause behind those symptoms because it's creating a perpetual inflammatory response that the brain's always in this state of stress, fight or flight, fight or flight, fight or flight. And it's constantly pushing out cortisol, which is a stress hormone. I have heard before that strep can, is the long-term strep, like in the infection that you have just stated, maybe it was from you, or maybe it was on another podcast that I would listen to, can cause some serious issues later, like down the road. Yeah. And one of the biggest issues that it causes is um, brain-based infection that drives anxiety. Um, wow. It can cause uh, rheumatoid arthritis and joints, autoimmune issues. So even going back to like our first series that we did on autoimmunity, yeah. I touched base on these infections and how they are linked to these, these issues. And then uh, not just infections, but also toxins. Toxins, particularly heavy metals, are very inflammatory and, and neurodegenerative. So they break down neurons within the brain mm-hmm. that create an inflammatory response that, again, drives this stress fight or flight response. So I'm always looking at environmental with patients. I'm looking at uh, infections. Are there any red flags for infections? Okay. Have they had strep in the past? Have they had Epstein-Barr recently? Or do they have mercury amalgam fillings? Have they had um, you know, vaccines, uh, flu shots? Um, and even, 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 you know, I guess I can say it without being banned now, COVID vaccine, yeah. these vaccines that are very, again, neuroinflammatory. Um, so these environmental toxins, infections are something that we look at. So you are labeling those things that you just said, like the, um, the vaccines and things like that. You're labeling that as part as the environment part of this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, because externally you're exposing yourself to something. That's right. Okay. So, um, so you can be externally exposed to an infection, but you can also externally expose yourself willingly to a vaccine and a toxin and a toxin. We yeah. can probably have a whole, whole episodes on that. So, mm-hmm. so we'll, that's environmental. Okay. And the next one is genetics. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give two genetic markers. We call them SNPs or single nucleotide polymorphisms. It's a fancy word for you did your 23 and me, <laughs> okay, and you are maybe um, heterozygous, homozygous for MTHFR, yep. MTHFR, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase enzyme, or COMT, okay? These two, MTHFR and COMT, 
are big drivers of anxiety genetically because of COMT typically uh, causes the body to hold on to cortisol longer, which is a stress hormone. Mm -hmm. And the, it, it, it creates an inability to metabolize stress hormones okay. um, properly. And then the MTHFR situation is a, is a, what we call methylation problem where their body can't convert B vitamins out of their diet into a usable form that helps replenish uh, neurotransmitter pools within the brain. So um, MTHFR and COMT are the two genetic markers that I look at. There's, one, there's another one, MAO, MAO, but I don't look at that as, as much as those first two. So these genetic markers, I know we've talked about it in the past, and we may have even talked about it offline, um, and especially in autoimmunity, these these are genetics. Like these are not going to be turned on and off by your your diet, nutrition, and all. These are actually passed on genetically. Correct. C correct. Yeah. Okay. You you can't really you can't ch well you can't change these. Okay, that's what. Yeah. But you can uh, change the way they're expressing themselves within the body. Okay. By taking certain strategies, we'll talk on next next episode. Good teaser for the next episode. <laughs> there you go. Environment, genetics, stress, stress. Okay. Here's, here's the biggest one I see in, in, in youth, okay. 20 year olds, social media. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Sounds good. Stop looking at social uh, media. Yeah. Comparison. That, that's probably, Oh, come on. We could preach on that. I was okay. So here's what I was thinking. We don't expose our bodies enough to hard things, mm. challenging things and painful things. And in our society today, we're withdrawing from pain. We're withdrawing from hard things and challenging things. Mm -hmm. But what that's doing is it's training our brain that uh, if there is a small exposure to a stressor, well, I don't know how to handle it. Wow. So why is cold water therapy so good? Why is heat so good for the body? Because it, it, it's what we call hormesis. It causes a beneficial stressor to the brain that the body has to adapt to. And the more we expose our bodies willfully to stress in a safe environment, it, 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 it think of it like it disalarms the brain mm. so that when we are exposed to a stressor that is out of nowhere, we're in a better capacity mm to fight and be more resilient to that stressor, um, like an infection, for instance. And we look at this at, through heart rate variability. If, if I have a better HRV, which means I'm better adaptability to stress, I have a less chance of um, being sick and injured. And, and so when we look at um, how we're stressing our body through training, like I said, cold water, hot, these things help build stress resilience oh, that's good. so that when exposed to stress, guess what? I'm in a much better capacity to handle it. Um, and we'll talk about how, how we do those again on next episode. But I would say the biggest, uh, one of the biggest issues with our, with our young kids today is, yeah, they're just, uh, man, they're bubble wrapped. Mm. You know, they're not, yeah. they're not, they're not hunting, seeing, seeing deer, deer, a deer die, yeah. for instance. Um, they're not exposed to, to reality, hard things, <laughs> hard things. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. So if, if, if the, if this is the first time the brain's seen it at 30 years old, guess what? That's going to cause anxiety. 
That's good. Man, that's good. I was listening to something with um, Hoffman. Yeah. And he was talking about the cold showers, and he was like, you know, people sometimes just Huberman? Think, or Hoff, Hoff, Hoffman? Okay. Uh, I think. Huberman Labs? No, the guy, the ice. ice oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, I got yeah, you. Yeah. And he was talking about the cold showers, because he's the one Wim Hof? That, Wim Hof. Yes. Well, why did I say Hoffman? I'm, I'm catching you now. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. Huberman, Wim Hof. Hoffman. Hoffman. There you go. <laughs> Hoffman, if you want to get on my show, let me know. Give me a text message. But no, he was saying, you know, I don't I don't do this to heal my muscles. He goes, I right. put myself in a controlled state of stress. Correct. To when real stress comes that I can't control. That's right. I am able to go at it and it not bother me whatsoever. Yes. And I was just like, man, that is so good. He puts himself. And that's the thing. It's warm water, if you think about it. Warm water. What's the easiest thing to do when you roll out of bed in the morning? Mm -hmm. Comfortable. Mm -hmm. But if you can get up every morning and take a cold shower, and the very first thing that you do is put yourself in a stressful environment, because you don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It's awful. It's the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. But it puts yourself in that. So that's why cold showers have been, I mean, it really is, they're, they're amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can go into a ton of benefits with the blood-brain barrier and what it does. But yeah, you nailed it. Stress resilience. Yeah. Environment, genetics, stress, nutrition. Nutrition, jacked up gut, jacked up gut. If you want um, a, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, if you want serotonin, okay, 90% of it is, is in the digestive system. And so when you're eating really poor foods, um, it's, it's creating a big issue within the digestive system. An inflammatory bowel, okay, an inflammatory gut is in, in inflamed brain, inflamed gut, inflamed brain. The same barrier within the gut is this is the blood-brain barrier. So the the gut barrier is identical to a blood-brain barrier. So when when you have leaky gut, you have leaky brain. Wow. They always coincide. Okay. Leaky gut, leaky brain. And a test for leaky brain is taking a couple hundred milligrams, hundred milligrams of GABA. And if you feel calmer after taking GABA, then your brain is leaky. Because again, it's the molecule's so big it shouldn't pass through our blood-brain barrier. Mm. And so if you take it and you're like, oh, man, I feel kind of like chill and euphoric. Well, it's probably because your brain is that that barrier is broken down. But there's there's research that do, shows do you suggest people to do that. Yeah, it's a great test at home. So, yeah. OK, explain it real quick. Like you, you, you take um, 100 milligrams of uh, what's called Pharma GABA. OK. And, uh, Amazon, and chew it. You can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pharma okay. GABA, Amazon, chew it up. And just see how your response is over the next couple hours. If it chills you out, calms you down, then you have a blood-brain barrier issue. Is it kind of like THC? No, it just kind of, uh, it's more of just a calmer, but okay. it doesn't create any, any like, um, symptoms of, like, paranoia or, okay. or like, um, it, you're still alert, focused, const you know, great, <laughs> great mind. Yep. Um, just chiller. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. And there's research going on right now that shows certain bacterial strands, if you take them, are better than antidepressants Jeez. and anti-anxiety medication. So we'll talk about what those strands are in the next episode. But um, your gut flora is, is actually a, is more important to your state of anxiety and depression mm -hmm. than your serotonin and dopamine. Like specifically, if you were to take an SSRI versus regrowing your gut bacteria, mm -hmm. regrow your gut bacteria. That's what's going to create long-term change. So your gut is your brain. And the healthier your gut, the healthier your brain, the healthier your brain, the less your anxiety and depression levels. 
Um, I hear it all the time. Um, hey, I, I'm, I haven't had a panic attack in, you know, ex, after changing my nutrition, getting adjusted, um, and improving, you know, the digestive system. So that's good. It seems like all nutritionally, this. um, feed the bacteria, the gut beneficially with fermented foods. And again, we'll talk solutions yeah. next week, but, uh, nutrition gut is huge as a cause. All right. Number five, we've gone through, um, all the environment, genetic stress, nutrition, spirituality, right? Sp- yeah. Spiritual. And that's kind of what I alluded to in the beginning, right? Yeah. I, I, um, anxiety in my life really fundamentally comes down to me trying to control outcomes. And one of the biggest ones is like, if my, if one of my kids gets sick, Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to process what it is. And if I can't figure it out, um, I, it'll drive me. It it has driven me to a high level of, I mean, near mental breakdown. Mm. And what the Lord showed me in that season was it is important to invest. It's important to take care of and, and nurture and steward over your finances, over your body, over your mind. But in the end, we live in a world of sin, sickness, and disease. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to live forever. This, this body is not going to live forever. It's going to break down on me, and I can't control that. I can control how well I age. I can't control that I'm going to die. And nor can I control really my kids and how, how the Lord's going to, how, how they're going to leave this planet. Like, yeah. I can nurture them, take care of them, steward them. But fundamentally, in the end, I cannot control everything. And, and when I am able to just s- steward mm-hmm. but not control, um, it's a game changer for my level of stress and anxiety. I think I'll just speak to being a friend and a patient of yours that I believe that's what makes you different and different from people that are in this world is you were able to take what you just said and have a real conversation with a patient and in the end be like, hey, let's look at this first. And then not only that, let's I'll pray with you. I'll pray with your family. And then we can go on the other side of the other areas that we need to talk about. And I think that's what you do so well and so beautifully because, and even in my life too, like even this morning, you know, I'll be very honest this morning, I just didn't feel aligned. And so I went to a a place that I know that I always go to just to get reconnected. And I was there for an hour. And after that, everything went away Mm -hmm. and I was just able just to get connected. And, you know, I've learned so much from you and I think it's something that is such a, an amazing trait that you have when it comes to your patients. That's amazing. Yeah. Praise the Lord for that, man. That's right. That's right. All right. So the five areas, do you want to hit on any more of those or do you want to tease what we're going to talk about next time? Next time we're going to go through each of these five areas. Okay. And we're going to talk about solutions for each one. Okay. And uh, how you can start investing in these areas to see a, a breakthrough in your anxiety levels. Don't stop taking your medication if you're on medication. Start investing in these areas and over time, guess what? Your need for that will reduce. So that's good. That's what I'm excited about. Next episode, we'll talk about solutions in these five areas. So good. Dr. Barrett, thanks so much for this area or this episode on brain hormones. Guys, we appreciate you guys listening to this. Do us a favor. Um, share this on your Instagram. Share this on your Facebook for, you know, whoever 
this could get in the hands of it could change their life and that is what dr bear and i believe that could happen um, we love you guys we thank you make sure you give us a five-star review and a five-star rating and we will see you next time when we talk about part two of all the stuff we just talked about see you next time before you hit x hold on one second hey thanks so much for listening to the podcast today with dr b two things that would really help the real health podcast movement one Share it on your social media, your Facebook, your Instagram, wherever you're on a social network. And two, if you go to Apple Podcast and you scroll down, give us a five-star rating and give us a review. Thanks so much for your time, and we'll see you next episode.